You are listening to The Fancy Black Lady. I'm your host, Jamila Carrington-Smith. And I'm your host, Landria Seals-Green. Today we are going to talk about this new concept, maybe not so new, of what it means to share the mic. So what does it mean to share the mic? Do we really want to share the mic? Well, I think let's just step back a little bit for people who don't know what share the mic is. Okay. Um, okay. So why don't we start there? So please, Landria, explain to me what share the mic is. Okay. Share the mic is a concept, maybe not so new, but it is newer or reformatted or redeveloped where the concept says white women have a mic and a platform and they are for a moment or not white women or white people have a mic and a platform and they are going to move aside for a moment for a day um, in part or in full and share that mic and give their platform over to be controlled by a person who is of color, specifically African-American. And that person will get on that white individual's mic and they will introduce themselves and give um, insight into their life. That is what Share the Mic is ideally. And I probably will have to ask the question of, do we even like this as a concept and what that means, what it implies? Right. And, you know, as I look at some of the people who, because I'm just looking online, like who's doing this? Katie Couric is doing it. Elizabeth Warren is doing it. So we're talking about some pretty big names and people who are out in the world who say they have good intent. I don't know. And I guess in the end, it's probably good for someone. But we bring this up because this is, you know, meaningful for us as what? You said it's good for someone. That means it's not good for you. You said someone. It's not good for me. That's yes. Yes. So we face this issue because we're black podcasters. We're black women podcasters. And we're new. We're newer to this space. And so Of course, we want to take every opportunity to just let more and more people know who we are. And here we are in this moment where there are lots of people who are sharing the mic. And so one of the things we've had to consider is, do we take part in this now? There's the part of you that says, you know, this is an amazing opportunity to, you know, we think we have something to say that's of value for everyone. And it's an amazing opportunity to say it to that many more people. And it's a moment where people are amplifying Black voices in lots of different places. But yeah. I just think a few things. Yes, we are new to the podcasting world, but we are seasoned professional women. And that has to count for a lot when it comes to, you know, having different levels of consideration for, you know, opportunities. And I just always remember my mentor. I remember I was a young professional and I was thinking about all of the bills I needed to pay and maybe I didn't budget myself well. And so I was working as a speech pathologist in a school or someplace during the day. And then I loved adults. So I was moonlighting at a 
nursing home and working with adults on the weekends and doing all of this stuff. And then I said, I was at my godmother's house and I had said, well, maybe I just need to start selling t-shirts. I'm just saying it out loud. And she said, you know, you are a speech pathologist. So whatever extra things you do have to match, it has to be in alignment. And so before the word brand came out, she was, you know, got me into this head space of thinking about what matched and what mattered. Like, what was the flow of things? Because mm-hmm. what would differentiate me from the person in his trunk selling t-shirts? And here I am, I've gone to graduate school, I've done these things. And because I was having a hard moment, I'm like, well, let me just sell some t-shirts to make ends meet. And I remember her saying to me, every opportunity isn't yours. And every opportunity is in for you. And it's okay, even in your most desperate times to say no, if it doesn't fit the overarching brand of what you have been purposed to do. And that has stayed with me. So when I watch and look at things like share the mic, I just think that is this in alignment with what you envision your future professionally to look like? Or is it an opportunity that you said, oh, let me get access to this person. Let me get access to their Rolodex, so to speak. But, you know, it's for a moment. But, you know, the news cycle is so fast. Nobody remembers what you did last week in terms of the share the mic. So is it worth it? It's true. So as a marketer, the marketer in me cannot not examine the opportunity. I must examine the opportunity. And I see it less as a question of where it fits into your vision of yourself in the future and more almost like it is an ethical issue for me. So I can examine it as a marketer, just like I examine every opportunity, right? So what does it get us? What kind of exposure does it get us? How does it help us grow? But then there's the part of me that's like, wait a second, why would I ask anyone to deign to let me hold the mic for a minute for a bunch of people who did not show up to hear me, but who showed up to hear this other person? Tell them. Are hearing in this moment, you know, okay, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this poor person, you know, a chance to finally be heard. That's not the way I see myself in the world. But also, you know, just outside of the way I see myself, it is not the way I ever want anyone to see me as someone who, it's going to be polarizing when I say this, but it's almost like begging for scraps because what they're giving you is a scrap of time. The scraps from the table. And I am not a Bible verse toting person who quotes everything. But one of the things that has always stuck with me in the Bible is when the scraps come from the table and the person says, aren't I more than the scraps from the Mm -hmm. table? And I always think, "Uh, yeah, you are. Absolutely. And it's just amazing to me that that's not as value deeply because I do feel like it is scraps from the table but and it's a, a value moment. it's a value and I it's say value this system I say this at the very same time that I'm thinking because also there's a hustler part of me and the hustler part of me is like get what you need to get however you need to get it so if somebody else is feeling like share the mic is their chance I don't really judge them for that it's not for me 
Right. But I don't feel like I can really, you know, say that someone who steps up and says, you know, yes, I want this moment. I can't really say that's the wrong thing, except, except that when they share the mic with these people who have these, you know, great platforms, unintentionally, what they end up doing is this representational dance. So whatever they do when they're holding someone else's mic is going to be a form of representation. And if they don't get that, and if they are not, you know, very, very careful with the mic. And the thing is, even if you do get it, and no matter how careful you are, you just have the mic for that one moment. You were talking to people who otherwise maybe never would have, you know, listened to someone like you. And so everything you do is going to be representational. Welcome to the world of being the only one. Yeah. And so I fear that people will be learning things and, you know, thinking that this is what it means to be a Black person when you know how I feel about the many different ways to be black. It's all the way down to the individual. So that's one of my fears. Well, what's interesting is that it goes back to, you know, there's the category of value system, not judging it. You know, it's the, if you are using this opportunity to hustle or not. And then there's the other space that I think about relationships. There is nothing that is going to deepen in that moment. Relationships, opening up my Rolodex and letting you into my world, letting you into my life takes relationship. And so what is the real plan? Is the plan after I have this moment to share the mic and I take over the platform, are we going to deepen that relationship? Am I going to get the access that I envision? Because both parties are coming into this with two different perspectives, right? right? And so I'm sharing my mic. I'm the white person. I'm sharing my mic. I'm sharing my mic. And as the person of color who is getting this platform for the moment, I have these grandiose ideas of what that relationship will be after. And so you have- But how? How could you possibly even have these ideas of what the relationship could be? Come on. It's like, you know, having the boyfriend, but he's not really your boyfriend, but you imagine him to be your boyfriend and you conjure up this entire relationship. But what we're leaving out- All he did was look at you. For real. What we're leaving out of this fantasy between, you know, them (laughs) and the imaginary boyfriend is the entire audience, this vast audience. And if there's no plan for beyond sharing the mic, some exchanging of contacts or some, you know, longer standing relationship for the audience, it just becomes that weird thing we did that one time. Well, that would be the one night stand, right? But the real, it's like, it's back to the boyfriend scenario. I don't really care if his friends don't like me or his mother or his father. I just know that they, what, what, I feel like they will like me because they like him so much. And I'm next to him. And that's the mistake. And, and that's the mistake. Because they didn't come here for you. They're not here They for didn't you. come here for you. They came to Thanksgiving dinner to see him. And who are you? That's okay, right. Okay, we'll tolerate you for this moment. But when are you leaving? Ooh. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled programming. And you used one of my favorite words, tolerance. Ah. The definition of tolerance is putting up with your mess. Yes. And the thing is, go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. That's right. And that's the problem with the share the mic that that's I That's right. Have. If 
I was important to you originally. I would have all, they, your people would know me already. They would already know me. So I would never have a need to share the mic. Yeah, I have a problem with all of this. All of it. None of it works. None of it works. So do you really want to share somebody's mic? Because I don't need to share anyone's mic professionally or here. We're doing it. We know but you how have to, to believe, it. you have to believe that you are enough and that what ah. you have to say is, you know, such a draw. And I'm not just talking about the podcast world. I'm talking about just as an individual in the world, you have yes. to believe that your own magnetism is enough to draw the right people around you. And if that happens and they and are opportunities and, and yes, opportunities, but as that happens, you know, this small group of very passionate people who love you, these opportunities that come to you because they are the perfect fit for you, they will attract other people who just want to know what's going on over there. And that's how you build your audience. Yes. It's the law of attraction. It's the, you know, for the religious people, what God has for me, it is for me. It's all of it. It's all of the things, whatever you have and whatever you will it to be, it shall come to you. But going to someone else's platform and using that energy to what am I going to talk about when I'm on, a, you know, whatever the person's name is platform. And I've, you know, I'm curating all these things. I'm doing all these things. If you put that energy into your stuff, then the people would just come to you, but you have to build, there has to be some strategy because, you know, magic is only magic. Magic what do you mean magic. when you say that? Well, I think the biggest uh, misnomer is build it and the people come. No, they don't. No, they don't. If you build it without strategy, without opening your mouth to say, hey, I built it and I need you to come. You know, magic is pulling the rabbit out of the hat. But strategically thinking about how you want to be represented in this world or how you want to reconfigure how people see you or reshape, what is it? Reimagine, rebuild your professional persona and identity. That all can happen, but you have to put energy behind it. And I've seen people share the mic within my profession, outside the profession. I was just thinking, girl, if you sit at the kitchen table of the people that I was mentored by, they would be looking at you thinking, what were you thinking? Well, you aren't sitting at the kitchen table if you're oh. doing that. You're sitting at the feet of somebody who's sitting at the kitchen table. And that's the part I have so much trouble Catching with. Crumbs. I have so much trouble with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw somebody share hair products and I was like, wait a second, are we sharing the mic to give insight professionally or are you like, who takes pictures of hair products and posts it except for the hair people? And what's the purpose? And what, what are the you purpose? teaching? What are you teaching? Because you don't oh. get to go into these spaces and forget that as much as people may like to say that they understand that we are different, we are still at a teaching moment. We are in a teaching moment for so many people. And so to go all the way there with hair products, it's like, oh, you are killing me. And you're right. Is hair your business? Is beauty your business? Or are you just talking about what you do in your own bathroom? Because I don't even want to know that. So I right. just, um, it, <laughs> right. it bothers me. Well, what did you say? People fall in love with the culture, but information without scholarship is dangerous. 
And it's the share the mic. We're giving information and culture without scholarship. And it becomes very dangerous, especially, and it does not help fortify nor build relationships moving forward. And it certainly doesn't help the person who walks into the room and they're the only one. So I'm mad. I'm frustrated. Girl, information without scholarship is the internet. And unfortunately, I think this is an extension (laughs) of this internet culture. Oh my gosh. You know, you have people who think they can walk into a room and share the mic and essentially do like a a YouTube video, right? And think they're doing something. And that, you know, whatever they do in their little corner of the world, you know, on this amplified platform is now going to, I don't know, maybe they think it's just the same thing, but amplified, but they're just forgetting that there's meaning behind all of this. There's meaning when you're exposing people to something for the very first time and who are consuming information and who are consuming information about the culture in a crash course. In a crash course. To take them to these bits of esoterica that unfortunately, like whether they know it or not, they are being representational. And when they do that, you know, it just, it, I feel like if you're going to do this whole share the mic moment, you either have to do it with a degree of responsibility to the culture, or you have to do it with like such a niche perspective that it helps people understand that there are more facets to the culture than they ever could have imagined. But unless you're doing one of those two things, then what is it really? It's just no one's nothing. doing that. People are just, ha- they're just happy. I can't believe that Dr. So-and-so is going to give me his mic. I can't believe that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and let me say this. I truly understand that this comes from, and I recognize that this comes from a good place on both sides. There is, I, I don't see malice or any, <laughs> they're, you know, they're fine people on both sides. They're fine people on both sides upright people. However, I wish there was some uh, deepened thought and conversation about it. But I maintain, you know, not everyone has the same perspective, nor identity or value system or how they see themselves as a magnet. Because you got to see yourself as a magnet. Yeah, a big one. Yeah, even small magnets draw mag, you have to see yourself as magnetic magnetic. So there's the mic and there's the space in which the mic Mm. resides. So you talked about deepening the relationship. And in my mind, that goes to a conversation about the space. It's more than just the mic. It's about the space. Yes. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, the authenticity of what happens when you are holding that mic in your hand. But then there's something authentic about the space you create in which you are doing whatever you're doing with the mic. And I think the problem I have with Share the Mic is that you can be whatever your authentic self is, you know, whether you are doing something good for the culture, representational of the culture, or, you know, showing a new facet of the culture, that's fine. But if you're doing it in a space that is not truly receptive to whatever you're bringing to the table, then what on earth is the point of having done it in the first place? What's the point? Because it's, it's for a moment. It is but for a moment. But a moment. So do you want, and here's the thing, be clear about what you want. Be clear about your intentions. So if you don't want a relationship, don't have a one night stand thinking it's going to turn into a relationship because that's far and few in between. What'd you say? Don't play yourself? Don't play yourself. Yeah. Don't play yourself. So if you want to share the same space, 
then fortify and build the relationship. And the share the mic may not be the place to build the relationship. Maybe it will be, but be clear that the person who has shared the mic is sharing and they have every right. They, there's no obligatory terms here for them to continue on because they gave what you asked for. Well, they've defined the terms. And so yes, yes. in any relationship that looks anything like equal, you know, you are both defining these terms together. So yeah, it's a one-sided relationship where one person has, you know, the power, they have the audience, they have the mic, and they are handing it to you for a moment. And they've defined that those are the terms. But to your point, you just have to be very clear about your intent and what you want to get out of it. Like, what are they getting out of it? Make clear, like, be clear. Like, what are you, Katie Couric, getting out of this moment where you have me on your show? You know, like, just know your value. I don't think everybody's rushing. It's a hustler type of thing versus an entrepreneurial strategy thought leader. Yes. It's the difference. Yes. So hustle on with the share the mic, but when you want to share the same space, your methodology is different. Yeah, it's doing it with intent. It's doing it with a plan. It's doing it, you know, understanding that it's not just about what you can get, but like you have something to offer. Understand what you have to offer. Yes. How do they benefit from knowing you? Absolutely. And that's always the proposition and not the question, not how do I benefit from knowing you? It's a statement. It's a declarative statement. This is how you benefit from this interaction that you will have with me, right? It's a declarative statement. It's never a question you answer because again, you're not in the seat of power. And if you can't answer the question, how they will be changed for your effort, Mm. then maybe it's not worth the effort. Yeah. There's a lot of effort. Oh, let me do the share the mic. Let me do the share the mic. Chicago. You know, Chicago's a big city to talk about share the mic and then want to be remembered tomorrow. Wow. I mean, it's like this too big. Now, if we were in the Elk Village, you know, there is a town of Elk, the Elk Village, like a small suburb of, and they did share the mic. Then, you know, that's a bit more memorable because the news cycle in Elk is pretty small. It's slower. But when you're talking about a large metropolitan city, then if people remember the next day, you're lucky. So to be clear, I feel like we should talk about the difference between a share the mic and say someone promoting you on their show or saying, you know, if you like me, you should also check out this other podcast, this other show, this other, you know, piece of work. And in my mind, they are two different things. Those are two very different things. That's that, you know, what's that concept, that allyship? You know, since we want to, you know, I don't like that word either. I bristle at the word ally. I know, I saw your whole body just change. But it was better than me saying accomplice. But, you know, everybody is, they've added these collegial terms to things that we just want to say, be kind, They've added collegial terms like allyship, accomplish, anti-racism, and those are all good words. But 
if we could just take it back for just a minute, people didn't use those words and they still were able to accomplish different things. I mean... Well, you know, those words are just, they are wrapped in so much fuzziness that they don't have any meaning to... Give me some sharp, pointy words. That's what I want. Because yeah. I yeah. feel like the words that people can really feel, but like these, you know, ally, and that's just, it just makes my skin crawl when I hear that. When really what I want you to do is plug my stuff. I want you to listen. To, I want you to listen to my stuff. I want you to like it. And if you like it, I want you to tell people about it. That's and the that's thing. Enough. That's the thing. And you don't have to be an ally. You plug me like you plug your friend. That's right. Because we have relationship. And that's the part that people are missing. If I'm sharing the mic, I'm not getting a plug. I'm still working hard. But when you put somebody on, is what they used to say. You know, like, you, you know, like, can you just put me on? When you put somebody on, that means I'm going to vouch for you. I got you. That's right. Your stuff is as good as mine. And you know what? Don't pick me for this proposal because my plate is full. I'm good in terms of my business. I met my numbers. Use this person right here because she is good at architecture and space planning and all of that kind of stuff. That's what it really looks like to put somebody on. You don't want to share the mic. You want shared space. You want somebody to put you on. And here's the thing. You don't need five people. All you need is one. You don't need a big platform for somebody to, you know, share the mic and somebody to hear you and say, I heard you and you were fabulous. You need somebody to put you on and say, you know what? People have heard me speak before. They don't need to hear me speak again. I've spoken at every conference. Put this person on. This is the person that needs. That's what that looks like in real life when you share space. Mm -hmm. Nobody's sharing a space because sharing space is economic. Sharing the mic does not require my economy to be sacrificed at all. Are we all still here? We all still here? (laughs) We're still here. We're still here. So yes, we want shared space. And shared space means that there is compensation tied to that relationship. It bothers me so because it seems to come from a place of superiority, right? I have all the stuff and I'll let you, yeah, you can play for a little while and um, and then give me my stuff back because, you know, it's really mine. And I know what you're trying to get is what I have ultimately. But like, and the thing that people want is not just a large audience. It's like something else. It's like something that's not tangible. Boy, it just bothers me like down to the pit of my stomach, wrapped up in the same notion that you're just as good. It's like, well, hell yeah, I'm just like, what are we even talking about as good? It presupposes that one thing is better than the other. Um, Mm, That's very true. Can I say like an age range that came with that? 40. Ah, okay. It makes sense though. It makes sense. So it was about age, you know, that late thirties, early forties, that Mm -hmm. range. Yeah. And then it was, so it was age and it was a circumstance. Age and experience. And experience. And then it changed you personally and professionally. Well, anything that changes you personally changes you professionally, whether you want to think so or not. So what about you? Was there a point in time when you knew that this was your value set or... Was there a point in time when you felt truly 
free in yourself. Because I've heard you talk about dancing in freedom. And I love that because I have this image and it's beautiful. But have you always thought that way or lived that way? Or like, when did you get there? Well, if I could say that there were stages of the dance. Mm -hmm. So I've always been free, I think. And it has been to the detriment, I think, of my health, if that makes any sense. So it's more like I've been free. I, you know, would speak up where I needed to speak up. I would not let anyone walk over me. I was always this person, but on the inside, I was shivering and I was nervous and I was afraid and I was uncomfortable, but I did it. Because of that, there probably, I didn't take well care enough of myself because I held my stress in so tightly and so firmly. But from the outsider's standpoint, I was the categorical strong. I was, you know, communicated my thoughts and action and did all of those things. I was an advocate of myself. I was a good advocate of myself. And maybe you too. You know what I mean? If you, mm-hmm. not you, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean. But I feel like when I had my forged in the fire moment, not the one I just mentioned on the episode before, but the first one that I did not speak of and that age range, I was just like, you know, let me stop being the sacrificial lamb to all of this. And, you know, if I am truly embodying what it means to dance in freedom, I need to feel that on the inside. So the stress that I used to feel, I don't anymore. So now I am being real with myself, which I think is the best place to be. So when I say I don't care, I really don't. And it's not because I care less about other people, but I just care more about myself. Yeah. So it took me 40 years to get there. I'm hearing that it took you 40 years to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, occasionally I'll run across some person, some person like, is perspicacious the word? I can't remember. I don't know that word. So certainly some precocious, (laughs) occasionally I will come across some precocious person who is 19 or 20 years old, who seems to be in that same place. And that's amazing. But yeah, I think for most people, it takes getting grown Yes, to dance yes. in freedom or whatever this thing is that I'm calling what I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're dancing too. We're yeah? friends. Okay. You're dancing in freedom too. I'm dancing. Yes. And you know how to dance. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I miss? I miss a good party. That's what I miss. I need a good party. Like 90s, 80s music, a little bit of, you know, Savage the Remix. I can take it. And I need all of that into a good, you know, at this point, call it a backyard party. Somebody needs to throw one and put the citronella candles out so we you know spray your backyard because we do not have time for mosquitoes but spray your stuff put the citronella candles out so nothing comes on us because we gonna sweat you know there will be sweat because it's warm outside right and then just have like the little margarita station on the side i feel like i need to throw this party 
the margarita station on the side, but we can't. But I we need a party. I about a party. Are you? Ago. Yeah. Went into the shower and just like daydreamed about this party that I'm going to throw. You need a party. I miss people. I can't believe I'm saying this. I miss people. <laughs> My eyes really? just went like, I know. yes, throw us a party. Thanks for listening and look out soon for season one. To contact us to give us comments or show topic suggestions, email us at fancyblacklady at gmail.com or find us on our social media handles, Fancy Black Lady.